Hey friend, are you trying to plan a Disney World vacation, but you're not sure where to start? Do you wish you could head into your trip feeling prepared and confident with a plan that's right for your family and your budget? Hi, I'm Megan. At Dreamwish Plan, I help moms plan their dream Disney World vacation without the overwhelm. On this show, we'll walk through the Disney Park basics so you'll understand all the things that Disney World has to offer. We'll talk about vacation planning strategy, and I'll give you tips and hacks that will put you way ahead of the pack so you can maximize the fun and minimize the stress. So grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and get ready to create a plan to make some magical Disney memories. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dream Wish Plan podcast. In this episode, I'm giving you a trip report from our latest trip to Disney. We'll talk about what went well, what didn't go so well, and I'll give you some practical takeaway recommendations you can use when planning your trip. Overall, it was an amazing trip, and I'm really happy with the plans we made. But no matter how many times I go to Disney World, I always have some lessons learned. It's a different experience every time because things change. The parks change, we change as people, And one thing that was a little surprising to me was that my kids are getting older and their preferences are changing more than I realized. Like, I know that shouldn't be a shocker. Obviously, my kids are growing up, but it hasn't been that long since we last went to Disney as a family. We went last October, but just in that year, it was surprising how much they've changed. Okay, so starting out with what went well and what didn't, I'm going to talk about our travel day. So we were flying out on New Year's Eve. And one thing about me is I have anxiety and I don't love to fly. So when I'm planning my trip, a lot of my choices and decisions are coming from a place of minimizing things that I know are going to trigger my anxiety. A couple things I've done recently to minimize stress on travel days are, number one, booking a nonstop flight. Not only does it save time, but it cuts down on the stress of navigating multiple airports, the potential of missing connecting flights, and having two takeoffs and landings versus just one, things like that. So we live in upstate New York, and there were limited choices for nonstop flights. And I chose one that was at like 5 a.m. And I was thinking, this will be great. We'll be on the ground in Florida at like 8 a.m. and we'll have the whole day ahead of us. And I'm up at 5 a.m. every day, so it won't be that big, big a deal. It's early, but I'm used to it. Well, I underestimated just how early we would all need to be up to get to the airport in time for that 5 a.m. flight. We did all go to bed extra early the night before, but we were kind of starting off our trip exhausted, so in the future, I probably wouldn't book a flight quite so early. A couple other tips for minimizing anxiety for travel days, for anyone else like me who may struggle with that, the second thing I did was get TSA pre-check. I always try to leave more time than I'll need to get through security, but especially for this early trip, it was well worth it to have the streamlined process for going through security. Now again, we were traveling as a family and going for a whole week, so there was no way we were going to make it without checking luggage. I know some people are magic and can do that sort of thing, but I'm not one of those people. But if I'm traveling alone or going on a shorter trip, I always try to do just carry-on luggage if possible. That's just one last thing to worry about. Now, I will say we were flying southwest, and I was super nervous that our flight would be canceled, but we were extremely lucky and everything ran smoothly. In terms of things that went well on our travel day, let's talk about things to do in Disney on your travel days. 
In our case, I didn't book a park ticket for our travel day, even though we were going to be there super early. There were a couple reasons for that. Number one, I don't typically book a park day on a travel day for longer trips because I don't want to worry about delays and not getting to spend enough time there. The second reason is that we were flying in on New Year's Eve, which is one of the busiest days of the year at Disney World, and those crowds were really not something I wanted to deal with. So what we did, which worked out really well, was we went to our hotel and had a late breakfast there. We took Mirrors Connect, which is similar to the old Magical Express that used to be free, and that process went perfectly fine. We stayed at Art of Animation, and I had requested an early check-in but I fully expected to not have our room be ready when we arrived because it was so early. So I was just going to leave our luggage with Bell Services, but as it turned out, our room was ready within five minutes of us getting there, which was awesome. We went to our room, got changed, had a quick breakfast, and then took the bus to Disney Springs. We did some shopping and had a late brunch at Raglan Road, which was awesome. The atmosphere is really fun, the food is great, They had a band and Irish step dancers, and it just really felt like a great way to kick off our vacation. I think Disney Springs is a great thing to do on a travel day. It's a nice way to ease into your trip, and they have so many great restaurants, so you can have a great meal to kick things off. Plus, you don't have to pay for a park ticket that day, and you don't have to worry as much about what time you arrive, as long as you allow yourself enough time to get to any dining reservations. Now, even though we were exhausted from being up at 3 a.m., it was still New Year's Eve, so we had to see fireworks. The awesome thing was that the nighttime spectaculars were going off early at 6.30, since they were doing the fireworks at midnight. So we took the Skyliner from Art of Animation to Epcot and walked over to the Boardwalk Resort. We got some food on the boardwalk, some of us got pizza from the pizza window, and some got food from the Boardwalk Deli. And I, of course, had a margarita from Boardwalk Joe's. And we were able to watch the fireworks from there and still be in bed by like 9 p.m., which I'm sure for some people sounds lame, but for me, it was perfect. And I'm so glad we did because the next day was our first Magic Kingdom day, and I wanted to be there in time to take advantage of early entry since we were staying on property. We were able to get there in time to do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train during early entry, And I think because most people were not up early because it was New Year's Day, we had a glorious morning at Magic Kingdom with low crowds and low eights. We did have Genie Plus, which was nice because crowds definitely did pick up later in the day, but we were able to get a ton done. Some highlights of that day were getting to ride the railroad for the first time in years, having the kids get pixie dusted at Sir Mickey's. If you haven't heard of this, it's completely free. If you go into Sir Mickey's shop and ask, they will have you make a wish and sprinkle you with pixie dust, aka glitter. It's really cute. We did a whole lot on this trip, which brings me to my next thing I would do differently next time. Typically, we haven't planned a full rest day, which is something I recommend to others, but I rarely take my own advice because we really just sometimes have a hard time taking a full day away from the parks. So we do take breaks during the day and rest in other ways, but we usually don't have a full rest day. And I don't know if it's just that you're getting older and the kids are getting older, but I definitely could have used a full rest day. Even though we're early risers in our daily life, it was hard getting up into the parks ahead of time for early entry every single day to tackle those prime rides. 
Like, I know it's a strategic move, and I know we can get a ton done if we get there for early entry, but there were days we were just too tired. Our Animal Kingdom day, we sacrificed our prime early entry time to get that flight of passage done because it just didn't feel worth it. So next time, I'm thinking a resort day with maybe dinner at Disney Springs or a little resort hopping would be good for us. All right, let's talk about some things that we did really well. One of the key things that helped us was that we didn't feel like we had to do every single thing together, especially if you have a large group. But even if you don't, I can't stress this enough. Not all of you are going to like the same things. In our case, I really wanted to do some shopping and some leisurely exploring around the parks. My husband and son would rather poke their eyes out than do this. And to be honest, I didn't really want them to come and do this with me anyway, especially the shopping part. I don't need my husband telling me that I don't need another Disney sweatshirt. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So I sent the boys off to wait in a line for a ride, and I did my own thing. Sometimes my daughter came with me, and sometimes she went with the boys, depending on what they were doing. But it just made it much more pleasant because I didn't feel rushed, like I was keeping anyone from doing something else. And they were perfectly happy to wait in a line for a ride that I probably didn't want to do anyway. I might even take this a step further next time and send my family to an entirely different park. That might sound kind of bad, but this time we had two Hollywood Studios days because my family loves Hollywood Studios. But really, I would have liked another Epcot day. What I could have done is just hop to Epcot on my own. What I actually did was a lot of shopping and spent some lovely time at the Baseline Tap House with a beer and a pretzel, which was also very fun. But I think next time I won't be afraid to split up parks if we decide we want to. Another thing that went well is we had some great food. I already talked about Raglan Road. Some other places we ate while we were there. We went to Il Molino, which is really good Italian food at the Swan Resort. My in-laws were staying at the Dolphin, so we met them there and everyone really enjoyed their meal. We ate at Kona Cafe at the Polynesian, which is one of my favorites. Everything was delicious, and then we went out and watched the fireworks from the beach, which I love to do. Another place we went was San Angel Inn, which is inside the pyramid at the Mexico Pavilion. My family's always wanted to do that, and we had never done it as a family, and everything was really good. We also did Hollywood and Vine for a character dinner, and that was pretty good. I don't really love buffets, but they had some good food, and there were plenty of things that the kids ate, which was good because my kids are really picky. But I also didn't make too many sit-down reservations this time, which I can tend to do because I love good food. But they can take a lot of time and they add an extra layer of stress in being there on time. We also did really well with packing snacks for the parks this time. We do goldfish and pretzels, granola bars, and protein bars that won't get melty, things like that to hold us over so we're not ordering food every 10 minutes. Okay, I'm going to give you one more recommendation, and that is to take advantage of the interactive games in the parks and the Disney Play app. My son's two favorite things we did while we were there were the bounty hunting game in Galaxy's Edge and the ducktail scavenger hunt in Epcot. And Disney has a whole lot of little things like this that are easy to overlook when you're in the parks, but they can be really a lot of fun and they get you to explore a little and notice things you wouldn't typically see while you're there. 
For example, the ducktail scavenger hunt brought you to places in each of the countries that you probably wouldn't normally venture to because they're off the beaten path. I plan to do a whole episode on these activities because a lot of people don't even know they're available. And like I said, we had a lot of fun. So that's a little rundown on the things that went well and the things I would do differently next time we visit Disney World as a family. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy planning. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help me so much if you would take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes. And if you still feel stuck and want my help designing your dream vacation, click the link in the show notes to book a one-on-one planning call with me. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy planning.